Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. You're listening to the tidbit brought to you by Curate. We are live at the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C., and I'm your host and the CEO of Curate, Kim Bryden. Do you run a small business or have dreams to start one? Well, here at the tidbit, we've got your back. Each week, we talk through tidbits of knowledge around starting or running a small business with a food and beverage lens. And as always, if you are a new listener to the show, we always jump off with a little tidbit of knowledge on what I've been reading, listening to, or learning. And this is derived from a bi-weekly newsletter that we send out at Curate. In it, we discuss what we're reading, eating, drinking, listening to, and learning. Five quick morsels of information to get you in the know and on top of your game. So head over to curate.co, C-U-R-E-A-T-E.co to sign up. We have a send going out this week with a little interesting feature that you will learn more about in a moment. Favorite new small business. Okay, so here on the show, we have discussed many different ways to access capital. Primarily, though, we've, we've focused on investors and working with CDFIs, community Deve- development financial institutions. So I wanted to explore what are these other ways in which you can structure your business to raise money. So on this episode, we're going to learn more about crowdfunding, especially as a product-based business. Um, There are a few platforms out there when it comes to crowdfunding, each with different commissions and reasons why you would use each site. Just to name a few to put their names on your radar, there's Kickstarter, Indiegogo, Kiva, WeFunder, BarnRaiser. Some are incentive-based, others are equity-based or crowdfunded loans. So definitely research. There are pros and cons to each, so you'll need to do that due diligence on figuring out which is best for you if you decide to go this route. But I personally became interested in this topic when I was learning more about this um, young woman out of New York. Her name's Alex Daly. She's a digital strategist who is deemed the crowd sorceress, uh, even wrote a book with that moniker. So let's listen to a brief clip about her why. There's nothing more exciting than seeing a ton of people come in and get excited about something um, that doesn't even exist yet. Some of these projects, people, they've been dying to do like their whole lives and these campaigns allow them to do that. And I talk a lot about that in the book, the intensity behind it, but also the thrill of seeing your project come to life. So um, I think I'm gonna be doing this for a while. It's so interesting that an entire industry has revolved around crowdfunding campaigns. And the tips we're going to share today revolve around how to activate your crowdfunding campaign and what you can do to maximize your success. So in studio, I am so pleased to have here David and Nadine of Revel Snacks to share their insights. And Revel Snacks makes true keto-friendly snacks that you can get excited about eating. They believe this is the future of food and are proud to serve the growing community adopting this lifestyle. And David and Nadine emphasize clean, high-quality ingredients to help people sustain a low-carb lifestyle without sacrificing delicious taste. Super important. So, okay, here we go. A mini-sode on four tips for crowdfunding campaigns. 
Tip number one, find your niche, clarify your target market. This is something I have emphasized on this show and say routinely in client meetings. When you try to build for everyone, you get no one. So David, tell us more about this tip. Absolutely. Um, I think finding your niche is, is perhaps the most important aspect to focus on, um, especially before you're getting ready to launch a crowdfunding campaign or even building a brand um, in general for that matter. Um, but yeah, I, w- when you're getting ready to launch a, a campaign like this, I think there's a very strong temptation to try to optimize your project to appeal to as many people as possible, right? Mm. Um, we all want to be successful, um, and, and that means you know the more people that, that join in on, on the campaign, um, the more funding you could Potentially theoretically have. Exactly, right. right. <laughs> um, we strongly believe that that's actually counterproductive. Um, mm. And I think we have a, we have a motto um, at, at Revel Snacks that says, uh, we would rather be loved by a thousand people than be kind of liked by a million. Mm. Um, and I think when you're kind of in the e-commerce internet space, um, that kind of philosophy has a, is very effective at, at actually um, achieving, you know, your, whatever the goal of your crowdfunding campaign is. Um, people have thousands and thousands of, of choices out there. Um, so you really want to think about resonating strongly with um, the people that actually fit around kind of your value proposition as opposed to trying to make it more broad or more general. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, people will see it. Maybe they'll think it's cool, but it's not going to be kind of like enough activation energy to actually get them to support it, click through um, and, and ultimately fund your campaign. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, we, we think that's strongly important. Um, and, and just one other kind of uh, side note on this, we, we talk to other companies that I think they understand this point, but then the, the, the next question is, well, yeah, so we know we need to find our niche, but how do we do that, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so the advice that we usually give is, um, think about who a potential backer or a supporter could be. Um, where does that person go shopping? What type of products do they buy? Um, where do they work out? What what types what are they of listening to? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And when you start going through that exercise, um, I think it actually helps you kind of build a persona around your brand. Um, and then you take that persona and, and you really kind of narrow in on that. And and uh, I think that's how you can ultimately kind of like find which niche most strongly resonates with your brand. And uh, and then all like the the energy and. Um, the activities that you're doing beforehand, um, you kind of want to focus them around that niche that you've identified. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that we've found to probably be the most effective way at, at doing this successfully. I love it. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. And a persona, if listener, you're trying to deduce what could that look like. An example I often give is Sally, the young mom in Bethesda who wears Lululemon and works out with her baby stroller who shops at la 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 la. Like you can name this archetype of your niche customer because then you can start figuring out exactly like you were saying, David, where are they shopping? What are they reading? What are they listening to? And you can really drill down on that niche, finding your brand loyalist essentially, which leads us into tip number two. Start with your personal network. Nadine, why is this so important? Yeah, well, this is, um, this is really important because 
you need to build momentum uh, within the first, um, as we learn within the first 24 hours of the launch mm -hmm. of the campaign, mm -hmm. uh, to keep on like um, gathering all the the um, the funding, you know, that will propel you to you know the next level of the campaign. Yeah. So for us, it was like really important to let all our like close network know about what we were doing. Uh, months before we actually launched the campaign, uh, as we said, uh, we we think the work um, that you have to put towards the campaign starts actually maybe three to six months before the campaign. Um, maybe the campaign will be like the culmination of a lot of work on prep work that you have to do in order to um, let all the people that's interested on your product know about you and about what, about what you're doing. Uh -huh. So um, some things that we did to, to, uh, to ensure that within the 24 to 48 hours, we'll gather at least one third of our goal. Um, oh, because thank that's you what for we, that metric. Yes. yes. That's what we think is, um, gives you the best results mm -hmm. and will call the attention of Kickstarter uh, team. And maybe they will put you as a project we love in right. the front page. That is a huge thing. Thank you for calling that out. Because once you see that you're building that momentum, Kickstarter or other platforms that you might use may then feature you as well. Yes. Yes. Okay, keep going. So, and that will, of course, like help you out even more. Mm -hmm. um, so what we did is like we sent out emails and texts to all of our friends and family, letting them know that we're going to launch a Kickstarter soon and put them on the calendars and constantly re reminding them because people is busy and probably no one is going to make that a priority. Mm -hmm. But if you are there, like reminding them about that, you're more likely to get their, you know, their support yes. the day that you want it. Um, other thing that we did, it was like to do a lot of demos with our product before and collect a lot of emails from demos and, and events that we did. Um, so, you know, we get more people excited about that and, um, you know, like sending newsletter with our plan and be totally transparent and open to what we were going through with Rebel Snacks. I love that. And for some reason, I always find that people are very engaged with how to increase, let's say, their Instagram followers. But email, thank you for collecting emails. It is so why don't we talk about emails enough? So important. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Really good strategy. So now, okay, we're, we're understanding our personal network or we found our niche. We are contacting our personal network. Now, this seems very strategic. Tip number three, choose a date that's both convenient for the market and convenient for you. I love this tip. David, outline this strategy. Why, why is this so important? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this tip comes out of personal experience um, because a lot of times you'll have the idea for a, a crowdfunding campaign and then you'll kind of set a goal, right? Because um, we all know like if, if you don't set like a target date, probably you'll never actually get around to doing it. Um, so goals are important. Um, but one thing that we realized in coming up um, as our kind of target date was approaching um, we weren't nearly where we needed to be in terms of having like this, that early audience that we just talked about, mm -hmm. um, who we feel confident is going to be giving us that support, you know, within the first 24 to 48 hours. Um, 
So we made a, a difficult decision to delay by, I think, about three weeks um, when, when we were initially getting ready. Um, and like looking back on that, I think it was absolutely the best thing we could have done. It was really painful to make that decision in the moment. Um, but I think choosing that, that date when you actually are ready and you have enough of that kind of core audience um, to give you confidence that, that you're going to have a good amount of support in those early days is, is crucial. Um, and then the other kind of just like technical, practical tip on, on choosing a date that works both for you and for the market. Um, we always recommend Monday through Wednesday as a launch date ah. um, for, for any sort of crowdfunding campaign. Um, if you look at the, the data, like those are the three days where people are most likely to be contributing. Mm -hmm. um, they have time. They're not, you know, off traveling for the weekend. Um, so definitely recommend a, a Monday through Wednesday launch date. That... These are such important tips and practical advice. One uh, Kickstarter campaign that I backed, they strategically chose a launch date so that I would receive the product that I bought into by the summer season. It was a cast iron skillet. And so it was triggering in my mind a lot of feelings around, oh, I'm going to receive this right when I can use it. So that is so important, not just timing for yourselves to be able to fully commit and raise that money but also from a market perspective you got to be aware of these cultural cues i wonder that i should look this up how many campaigns launch around the holiday season and people like donate to campaigns as like christmas gifts or holiday gifts i wonder if that's a thing probably is absolutely yeah <laughs> okay so tip number four nadine you alluded to this and i think it's really important to continue to emphasize start applying energy early so i yes let's lean into this because the actual campaign is the culmination exactly so what do we do in that preamble so as i mentioned before your family and friends will maybe get you um one third of the way there, uh, but then you need to this, you need the support from you know like your niche and people who totally strangers strangers mm -hmm. exactly who who believe in your mission um, to to get you to the final goal and even surpass the final goal. Um, so it's important that you prepare in advance for this and take um, at least. Um, three to six months. If you can do it way before, like maybe a year before, uh, start a year before, that's even better. Uh, I don't think it hurts to start earlier. Um, actually, it will, you have the opportunity to, to get more people excited about your product and leverage within that niche, uh, locally or like within, you know, within your reach. Mm -hmm. um, so, so when you are like actually launching your Kickstarter, you know, you're sure that you're going to have all the support you need to make it successfully. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, just demoing a lot and, you know, putting yourself out there. If you are in your home, maybe just doing your Instagram pictures. And that, that is a great idea to post everything on social media and get the word out there through social media and email. But it's also important to show your niche and the people who's interested on your product that there is a face yes. yes as a human exactly there is a human behind this <laughs> exactly like yes. you know tell them your struggles tell them like everything that they, they're gonna have so much questions if they see you in person and I, we think that connection is so valuable and that will make them actually 
care about your brand um, more than like just like a customer. Totally. I, talk about the amount of vulnerability you have to have, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, three to six months, that's a lot of time to then launch and sort of be like, okay, universe, help me out. Yes. It's, it's pretty scary. So, I mean, I just want to know, this is a side note, but like, how did you deal with that emotional aspect of this? I know. It oh. takes a lot of practice. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's definitely setting your ego aside, right? Uh-huh. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do, but... I think um, as an entrepreneur, it's kind of it's kind of like a forcing function where where you have to do that in order to go out and do the things that are required to to be successful. To lean into discomfort, essentially. Absolutely. So, listener, recap. Tip number one was find your niche, clarify that target market. Tip number two, start with your personal network. Tip number three, choose a date that's both convenient for the market and convenient for you. And tip number four, start applying energy early. But guess what? There's a bonus tip. Yay. Bonus tip. David, this is a good one. Don't be afraid to kickstart your project yourself. What does this mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this is something that most people probably haven't thought about. Um, and, and let me just uh, start off with saying this is not what we recommend as a primary strategy. But with uh-huh. that, um, we mentioned that like those first 24 to 48 hours, if you can show that you have some traction, um, you're getting a good amount of funding in that early time span, it definitely pays off in terms of whatever platform you're on. They'll give you some extra recognition, whether it's the, the projects I love on, on Kickstarter and Indiegogo has a, a similar um, thing as well. But you can actually put your own funds into your campaign um, mm. if that's something you're, you're comfortable with. Um, and you're, you can also remove those funds at a later date um, if, if you, know, you, if you, want, you want to pull that out. Exactly, uh-huh. exactly. So it can be a useful tactic to kind of give your project some momentum up front and then hopefully other people will see that and 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 you know realize they'll they'll want to support it too um so yeah that's that's just one bonus thing to to think about thank you ah this is chock full of great advice how can people find out about revel snacks tell me all the ways to get connected so you can find us on our own website www that revelsnacks.com and revelsnacks is spelled r-e-v-o-l-s-n-a-x.com mm-hmm. perfect um short for revolution and Ooh. also on our instagram we are at revelsnacks perfect those are the two best ways facebook and twitter as well nice Thank you so much both for being here. We would love if more budding entrepreneurs and listeners like you could find out about the tidbit. Our mission at Curate includes the sharing of education and access to resources. And the best way to reach more folks like you is to leave a review in iTunes. So I would be very appreciative if you could head over to your app, leave a little tidbit on there about what you've learned here on the show today, what you found useful. And until next time, everyone, remember to scale thoughtfully and source locally. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. 
Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.